Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, March 2nd edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined by my co-host here on Tuesdays for the next two weeks, Mr. Cole Shelton. Cole, what's going on, man? Not much, man. What are you? I'm good, Cole. I'm good. So we made that announcement yesterday that uh, there's going to be some changes to the show. And uh, as as Cole and as made it clear, you know, this was not like we're not kicking Cole off the show. He's welcome back literally anytime. Anytime you want, Cole, you can DM me and say I'm on the show today. So even if Marcel's on, I'll let you come on. But uh, yeah, man, I just want to personally thank you dude, for the last two years because it's been two years since we've been doing this almost. Yeah. Cool. It's crazy, dude. It's really, it's really, uh, it's gone by quick. But I just really want to thank you, man, because you you put a lot of time and effort in this, and I really feel like you've become such a better on camera. And me too, both of us have, man. So so thanks, Cole. I appreciate it, man. But the good thing is Cole's going to do it for the next two weeks, guys. I talked to him. He's going to do today's card, and he's going to be back here next Tuesday as well. Or uh, what, what card is it next week? I can't remember what it is. Um, at Edwards one. There you go. I we'll want that next week, but I haven't even looked at that card yet, guys, because I've been looking deep into this card. And uh, I mean, might as well just get started with it. It's such a great card this weekend. I, I personally believe this is one of the best cards we've ever seen, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's really that good. Um, you know, I'll, I'm just going to pull it up, Cole, but like overall, your thoughts on this card? Because to me, it's a damn good card. Yeah, this card's incredible like the three title fights like having dominic cruz and joseph benavidez on the prelims like this card has four early prelims like when does a card ever have four early prelims or maybe it has 15 fights like um it's really fun like sean brady jake matthews right now i think is the uh the full the early prelim like headline of the fourth one before the actual prelims like Tim Elliott's fighting Kai Kara France, like Kyler Phillips, Songy Dog, like that's gonna be a great fight. Thiago Santos, Alexander Rakish opens up the pay per view. That could easily be a main event. Yep, yep, I agree. It's a fantastic card. Like half these fights could have been the headliners for the fight night cards like last it, month. Every before. single fight on the pay per view card could be its own headliner. I agree. Like I would have actually preferred almost to see Kenny versus Cruz for five rounds, for instance, but uh, it is what it is. They're not gonna complain at all. This is a great card. Let's get into it, guys. And again, 15 fights. So you know, we got an hour here. We're going to do our best, but uh, there's going to be some stuff we can't get to talk about because just time time issues. But we're going to start start here with the uh, Mario Batista and Trevor Jones fight call in the UFC bandweight division. And right now, um, the odds have Batista is a pretty big favorite here, minus 235, Jones plus 195. Curious to hear your thoughts on this one, Cole. Start us off. Yeah, I do like Mario Batista, but I think the odds are a bit too high off. Like, just like we saw with Trevin Jones, like, the guy's pretty durable. Like, you could have stopped the fight in that first round, Timor Valley, like, he was getting pieced up, but he was still, like, kind of defending himself. So I had no really problem with it. And then he comes back, uh, beats Timor Valley, becomes a no contest. It was because of marijuana, wasn't it, too, or something? Yep. He's so stupid. <laughs> but Mario Batista's guy that, like, he comes into the UFC, loses to Corey Sandhagen. And that's before anyone really knew who Bautista or Sandhagen was. Everyone kind of like, oh man, this guy got submitted in the first round. Because I'm pretty sure that was like Sandhagen's like second or first UFC fight. Like it was pretty early in his career. I think like it was what his third UFC fight. He beat Austin and Erie Alicantra. So he wasn't really known. But Bautista's done pretty well since. Beat uh, Jin Hoon. And then the TKO would have Miles Johns really impressed me. I'm pretty high on Miles Johns. So I think on the feet, Bautista is a lot better. I think he has the power where maybe he can hurt Trevin Jones. Jones did get hurt quite often at Timor Valiev, so I wouldn't be surprised if Bautista can TKO him, but I just like Bautista in this fight. I just think the odds are a bit too high. Yeah, so I definitely uh, watched more on both guys last night. Obviously, remember Bautista. It was good to like refresh my memory. The guy is really good. There's no doubt about it. I can definitely see why he's favored here because he's actually quite a good fighter. The fight with uh, Johns, man, that, that knockout with the flying, he was sick. The fight with Sun was crazy too, so he's definitely good, but he does have some holes in his game, I think. We've seen him lose to Corey Sanhagen. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, obviously a different matchup here. Here's the thing, though. I really think everyone's really overlooking Trevin Jones here, Cole, because the more I dug into this guy, he's really quite good himself. You look at his pictures and stuff. Like, look, go look at his Instagram. This guy's physically strong as hell for 135. Like, he's a little beast. So, yeah, he's a little bit shorter, but I don't think it's going to matter, Cole. I think he is the stronger guy here. Um, I watched the value fight again. Yeah, it is possible Chris Tyrone could have stopped it, but re-watching that fight, it wasn't as bad as I thought initially, to be honest with you, when I remember watching it. So I'm glad I rewatched it. And at the end of that round, Valiant was completely gassed. He got him down and then second round knocked him out. So to me, that showed a lot. If you look at this guy's career, it's like, yeah, his record is not great, Cole. I think it's 12 and 6, but mm -hmm. five of those win losses are by split decision. And I watched a couple of those fights from like the Guam Regional scene. I actually watched this crap. And dude, I actually think he won some of those fights. So this guy's being really overlooked here, guys. Plus 195 in a fight that I think's a pick'em fight. I'm taking the dog here, Cole. Let's go for Trevin Jones, baby. Let's do it. Um, probably decision, but he possibly could catch this guy. I don't know, though. I mean, Batista's good. Don't get me wrong, guys. Batista could win this fight. These odds are just wrong, though. They're giving Trevin Jones no respect. Watching this guy's footage, he is a good fighter. He actually has arguably uh, a better win in the UFC over Timmy Valley than anything that Batista's done so far. So, I don't know. I think this guy's being overlooked. It's a close fight, but my lean is actually towards the dog in this fight. Next up, we got Uros Medic and Elon Cruz. I love this fight too, Cole. Great one. Um, right now, we got Medic minus one sixty-five, Cruz plus one forty-five. Thoughts? Yeah, Uros Medic is about the only guy that breaks the rule of don't pick Alaska FC fighters because he looked. I picked against him on the Contender Series because I'm like, man, this guy comes around Alaska FC. Like, look who he beat. He beat a two and zero, four and four, one four, zero and one, five and zero. Like, he didn't beat anyone good. But the Mike Gonzalez one, I was really impressive. Like, just kind of bulldozed through him. Um, Elon Cruz moving up from 145 to 55 for this fight. This is only Medich's second fight at 55. It was in Alaska. He was fighting at 170, but he was always a smaller 170. Like he does seem more of a lightweight, but it's kind of interesting. He's Medic's an inch taller, but it's gonna be Cruz with a seven-inch reach advantage. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see how Cruz is gonna be able to use that job. But with Spike Carlisle, like Spike Carlisle kind of just caught him. It was controversy with the back of the heads, but this guy's dangerous. Like he has that flying knee over Steven Wynn. Like he has some moments where he shows off uh serious power but the problem with him is he can't his grappling is not very good so i think he is going to struggle against a lot of lightweight that's not going to be a problem against medich who's more of a striker but you look like demon black she was on the contender series just kind of took him down and end up submitting him but i like medich here i think he's going to have the more power shots i do worry about cruz's chin like i think medich probably has a lot more power than what spike carlisle has i know his chin's gonna be a bit better at 55 but i think medich is gonna eventually land one of those big shots drop them and then finish them off on the ground. I think it's a pretty good breakdown, Cole, to be honest with you. Um, you know, this is definitely a competitive fight, no doubt about it. It's interesting because the weight class switches, Medish moving down from 170 to 155, and you got Cruz moving up from 145 to 155. That's really interesting. Yeah, Medish is a little bit taller. Cruz has that massive reach advantage, Cole. And you know what? He's actually quite good at using his reach. If you watch his fights, he's very good at staying at distance and using kicks. The problem, Here's the biggest problem with this guy. And I watched a few of his fights. I don't like his chin, Cole. I think he has a shaky chin. Um, the fight with... Damon Blackshear, it was a great fight. It went to the fourth round. He got rocked and submitted in the fourth round. Um, Spike Carlisle, who's not in the UFC anymore, hit him with this with the elbow, but also some of the shots on the ground, and it, it looked like he just got hurt really bad, Cole. And a guy like Medish, watching this guy work, here, the problem with him is his uh, level competition's been really bad, but watching him, Cole, he destroys a lot of his opponents. Like he walks in there and he just kills them. He's got a ton of power in his hand, but what I like the most about him is he's got this nasty calf kick that he throws when he hurts guys. Like, he'll hurt them with a straight left and throw a calf kick right after a knockdown. It's really fun to watch, actually. He looked amazing on Contender Series. 
I, I really don't trust Cruz's chin, Cole. Um, watching more fights than this guy, I think he's going to get KO'd in this fight. So my pick's Medage by TKO. I mean, listen, guys, it's it's not like um, a complete blowout because Cruz does have that reach, and if he keeps a distance, he can win this fight probably on points or by flying knee because that flying knee through against Steven was insane, by the way. It was crazy. It's possible he could win. I just – everything I've seen, even with the Alaska FC fade call, I still got to go with Medage, man. I got to go with him, and I'm going to take him by knock Cole. Is there a prop on that? Um – Manage inside distance is even money, so there's no value. Am I betting on this fight? I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking. I, I'm really. I'm not think. I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. Um, I do like Medic, but you know, there's some things that Cruz obviously to like too. So I'll think about it. But you'll find all those bets on the Elite Fantasy Podcast call on Friday nights. That's when I give them out. I don't give them out here. I can't. But uh, let's go to the next fight, Cole. My next. Uh, the next fight we're going to talk about here is the uh, Vina Souza gets Amanda Limos in the women's strawweight division. Lemos minus one nine uh, minus two twenty five now and plus one eighty five for Souza. Thoughts? Yeah, what's crazy is Lemos opened as like a plus one seventy dog. Like mm-hmm. you could have guaranteed money just betting Lemos over in the line came out now betting Souza. But I agree with how the odds are right now. I like Amanda Lemos in this fight, and if I wish he kind of stayed his dog, but I mean the public was kind of smart with this. Souza, I still have quite strikes. Like, Brianna Van Buren beat her, and then we saw Tish Torres kind of run through. She has a split over Sarah Froda, then the win over Ashley Yoder, and a smish win over Alex Chambers. I don't really think any of those wins are that impressive in the UFC. Like, Ashley Yoder, although she set to fight Angela Hill, who's a ranked girl, like, she's kind of been like a 500 fighter in the UFC. But with Lemos, obviously, what's crazy is she lost to Leslie Smith, and then she took two years off, and then everyone was fading against Miranda Granger. And then she goes out there and blows through Miranda Granger. Then she beats Mizike Inouye, who's a pretty good fighter. But the thing is, she was fighting a bandweight against Leslie Smith. Now she's a strawweight, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I think strawweight is where she should have been. I don't know why she was fighting at 135, but I like Amanda Lemos here. I think her grappling's going to be there. It's where you look at some of the problems uh, Susan's had is when she gets taken down. And I just think Lemos might be able to just kind of hold her up against the cage. I don't really expect this to be much of an entertaining fight. I just think Lemos is going to grind out a decision win. Yeah, and she, she really is a uh, straw weight. She did take the fight with Leslie Smith, a short notice fight a few years ago, and she took it at 135 and got finished. But against a much bigger woman. Watching that fight again, Leslie Smith was mm-hmm. way bigger. Um, straight wagers here. Hey, what's going on, man? He says opening lines got crazy here. I, I think that they had the line wrong and open because uh, I think Lemos is the flavor here for sure too. She um, she's pretty good, Cole. You know, she's she's just a very physically strong, big fighter. She is thirty three years old. She's a little bit older, so that kind of worries me a little bit, just because you know you you generally don't like to bet on older fighters. But I think she's kind of in her prime right now. She's looked incredible lately. Trains with the Alcantara brothers, so she's at a pretty good camp. Former Jungle Fight uh, champion. And watching her fights, like she has legitimate knockout power for a, for a female fighter at 115. She has knockout power. I've seen her knockout women with knees and punches. So to me, she's great. And we saw against Granger, she's got good um, finishing ability. And also, I just think she's going to be the stronger fighter in this, in this fight. I do think she'll have the better cardio too. Souza is a pretty good fighter. She's scrappy. She's gritty. But to me, she, she tires out and later in her fights. A lot of her fights are super close fights that involve a lot of grappling too. So... The judges are probably getting involved with this. I do think it's going to go over two and a half call, even though Lemos has a lot of finishes. She's just tough to finish. I think it plays with like the Brianna Van Buren fight. I think it's very similar to that fight. Brianna was more aggressive and she basically had top position and uh, was the bigger, stronger, a little bit stronger. I don't know if she's the bigger fight. She's pretty small, but that's kind of how I see this one going, Cole. So Lemos probably by decision. I don't love the odds, Cole, at minus 225. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have got her a dog. That would have been great value. But even like, 
if it was a pick on price, I might have considered her. But at this price, it's kind of a pass recall. Um, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, I know you like her too, but it's kind of it's kind of hefty, isn't it? Yeah, I wish it was even like a minus one, like sixty. I yeah, to think of it. And but yeah, I, agree. I yeah, I wish I was looking at the odds of way sooner, and I would have put money on her as an underdog. Yeah, it's tough. Like you want to. I generally don't like to jump on lines right away unless it's a blown line like that one, which can happen at times. Um, but generally, you want to get as much information as you can during the week. That's that's in my opinion. So, yeah, occasionally you'll see an opening line like this one. I, I just completely missed it too, Cole. I don't think a lot of us were looking at the lines. We're watching the last card. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to both go with Lemos. Okay, next up, we got Sean Brady Cole against Court McGee. Or, excuse me, not against Court McGee. <laughs> what am I saying that for? Sean Brady against Jake Matthews. Much different fight. Um, right now we got Sean Brady as a minus two ten favorite. Matthews plus one seventy five. Thoughts? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting fight. Like I think Jake Matthews gets overlooked by a lot of people. Like the guy is still really young. Like he's twenty six years old. He came into the UFC so young. Like, what was it? Twenty fourteen. He was in. Like yep. uh, he has. He fought, and then he kind of got thrown right to the deep. Like James Vick in his third fight. Kevin Lee in his sixth fight. Like he does hold the win over Li Jing Liang, which looks really impressive now considering what Li Jing Liang did. He, and then he's kind of he's ran off three straight wins. Rasta Macmahon, uh email him every week, and Diego Sanchez. None of those wins are that impressive. Like his career is weird. Like he fought the better fighters early on in his career, and then it's just been a step down competition. Like every single fight yep. since, even though he's winning. Like I don't really get what the UFC is matching him with, but I like Sean Brady here. If you look at Jake Matthews' career, it's with grapplers like Anthony Rocco Martin submitted him. Kevin Lee kind of just took him down, ground pounded him out. Uh, James Vick submitted him. I think Sean Brady's better wrestler than. Probably all three of them, but I think Brady's the real deal at welterweight. I'm very impressed with him. I think he's just going to kind of take Jake Matthews down, beat him up on the ground, and then eventually find a submission and get the submission win probably like second, third round. Yeah, this is a good fight too, man. You know, watching Matthews back, Cole, like he's a really underrated fighter, man. People don't really give him his credit. Like you said, Cole, he's been in the UFC since he was a teenager. He's uh, still a young guy. You know, looking at his Instagram, he's in great shape for this fight. He's ready to go, man. He said he's, his wrestling is <laughs> going to be on point for this fight. And, uh, you know, he's definitely a solid wrestler and, and he's striking is okay. But I, I got to be honest, Cole, I just don't like the matchup for him. I think Jake Matthews beats a lot of guys in the UFC right now. But I just don't think he beats a guy like Sean Brady, who I think is just more well-rounded guy, um, a smarter fighter. I think he's got a little bit better cardio. And he makes less mistakes. The biggest thing I noticed with Matthews, Cole, is that he he makes mistakes in his fights. He leaves openings, especially on the ground. We saw it, uh, Rocco Martin choke him out with an Anaconda choke. He just made a mistake and it got caught. Um, even Diego Sanchez in his last fight, he had an arm bar with like 30 seconds left. Potentially, they could have got that had he not had all his blood over, uh, over uh, their bodies. So, you know, to me, that is a big issue here because watching um, Brady, his submission game is very good, Cole. And he's he's able to get the fight to the ground and then, and then move to a dominant position very quickly. We saw that against Christian Aguilera. took him down, I believe it was with a double leg, and then he went right to full mount and got the guillotine, which was very impressive. That's kind of what I'm looking at here, guys. I'm kind of looking at Sean Brady by submission. That's what I'm looking at here. Um, we don't have a prop, I don't think. Yeah, but we got Brady inside a distance of plus 250. There could be something to look at there, guys. Don't get me wrong. There's a very good chance he could win the decision. It could just be a grind fest. I could definitely see that. But, Cole, I, the mistakes I've seen with Matthews on the ground, I think a, a really good grappler like Brady is a black belt. Both guys are black belts, but Brady is a higher level black belt. No doubt about it. I think he's going to tap him, Moko. Let's give him my pick, guys. Brady inside the distance. So, I, I mean, at plus 250, there's definitely some value there. I, I would look at it. Maybe wait for that sub prop. But what do you think, Cole? Decision or do you think you could submit him? No, I think sub. Yeah, you too. There you go. So, there you go. Me and Cole both like that. So, again, don't have the prop on the sub. But keep that in mind, guys. Right a little star beside that one. Everything I've seen, Matthews has problems with sub defense. He could get caught in this fight. 
Although, again, it wouldn't surprise if it did go the distance as Straight Wager said it is juiced. Okay, next up, Cole, we got uh, Alberg versus Carlos Alberg versus Kenny and Chekwu. Interesting fight here. Alberg minus 245 and Chekwu plus 205. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one, Cole, because I don't know about this line. I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting fight. I do think the UFC made this fight for a reason. I think they're trying to set up Carlos Alberg to get a win. Obviously, Israel Adesanya's main training partner, like, the whole thing on the contender series was this is the guy Adesanya trains with every single day. This is the guy that is Adesanya's like closest teammate and all that stuff. And Kenny and Cheku, like good camp out of Fortis, you know, I, I really like that camp, but yep. I still have so many question marks with the guy, like getting into the contender series, his two wins before fighting on the contender series was a seven and 13 guy and a guy making his pro debut. He fought a guy for making his pro debut, debut to get into the contender series beat dennis bryan then he fights paul craig gets submitted then he beats darko stosic in a really close fight that stosic got what i think it was one or even two, two point. point deductions yeah i watched it again yesterday yeah I, I, low blows yeah. yeah like he just kept on hitting kenny and joko in the low blow like he honestly didn't have to keep on fighting he would have got dq'd the second time so like he, he could have just taken the win but it was good for him to keep on fighting but he gets hit a lot like stosic hit him a lot and i think if carlos olberg hits you i think you're probably going to go out olberg has a ton of power he did beat Bruno Oliveira, who's a natural middleweight who moved up just to remain on the contender series. Then we just saw in Bruno's next fight, he got knocked out again. But this guy's a ton of kickboxing experience. I think this is a perfect fight for him because against a grappler, I think he'd have a lot of problems. But Jacku's not much of a grappler. He's going to stay there and stand. And I think Olberg's eventually going to land something big and knock him out. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. And, you know, my instinct here is to go with Olberg because I believe that you're right. The UFC is trying to make this fight for him to win against the guy in the check who's very limited, I believe. Um, hasn't looked that great in the UFC call. I think his striking defense is kind of poor. You know, I will say this, though, with Kennedy. He's a huge guy. He's just a big dude, Cole. And he's got a six-inch reach advantage. If he's able to keep that range, he possibly could maybe outpoint Albert. Because the biggest – if you watch Albert's fights, he's so inactive. He just stands there and does nothing. He waits for a counter shot. I think the check who's going to get to, like – it's going to be like Ryan Bader Machida, where he just gets to lackadaisical, rushes in, maybe gets caught by a big shot and put out – or just Albert wins the decision. I'm not sure what to think about this one as far as – a stoppage or a decision, guys, because watching Alberg, it wasn't as impressive as I thought, quite frankly, Cole. I, I wanted to like him more. I think he's holding back for sure. I think we, we you know, we haven't seen the best of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched his first fight in the regional scene in 2011. He looked good in that fight. He took like seven years off MMA, kept training the whole time. The fight with Mar- John Martin Frazier, no relation. Um, he basically just outpointed the guy. He had he had he had no urgency to finish him whatsoever. The fight with Bruno Oliveira, he looked like he was just going to outpoint him, and then Oliveira rushed in and, and got caught. So that's what I'm thinking probably happens here. Either he gets caught or just outpoints this guy. I do like Oliveira. Don't get me wrong, Cole. I, I just don't know about minus 245. I I, I was really looking at him at first because I was like, this is an easy fight. But, you know, if Tchekru is just a little bit more active, you know, he did well against Paul Craig. He did well, decently well against uh, – you know, a couple of these guys in the UFC, but overall, I, I see too many holes in this game. I can't go with them. I'll take Alberg. I just don't know about the odds, guys. It's a little bit high. Um, let's go to the next fight here, Cole. Tim Ellie against Jordan Espinosa. This is another freaking crazy fight, man. Uh, Espinosa minus 125. Elliot plus 105. Thoughts? I don't really get the odds. I really like Tim Elliott here, and to get him as an underdog, I think is pretty good. I think Elliot, like, he's on it. Like, he is one three in his last four, but look who he lost to. Davison Figueredo, Askar Askarov, and Brandon Royval. Though that's the champ. Askar Askarov, he wins this card, probably fighting for the belt next. And then Brandon Royval was one win away from fighting for the belt. Like, And then you look at Jordan Espinosa, who he's losing to. Uh, Matt Chanel obviously fought for the belt, but, uh, or Alex Perez fought for the belt, Matt Chanel, Dave Dvorak, but he's, his only two wins in the UFC are Eric Sheldon and Mark De La Rosa, who aren't even in the UFC anymore. Like, 
although Tim Elliott does have the win over Del Rosa, like he cemented on me, beat Ryan Benoit, he beat Louis Smolka. Like this is a guy that also beat Eric Sheldon on top. Like I think just under James Krause, he's been a lot better. I think he's, I think it's a fight where it's going to be grappling century or grappling central. And I just think Elliott's a much better grappler. Like for Jordan Espinosa being such a wrestler, he gets caught on the ground a lot. Like he's one of those wrestlers that just leave his neck out. I think he's eventually going to leave his neck out and Tim Elliott's going to grab a hold of him and choke him out. I think both guys leave their neck out, next out, man. I think either guy can get submitted in this fight. I do think there's a good chance this fight can end inside the distance, actually, watching these guys, especially if it goes to the ground, because I think it will be on the ground. Wow, the over is actually at one and a half, so they're seeing that too, the odds makers. So usually you tee, a, you tee it at two and a half mm-hmm. for, for a flyweight fight. Cole. That's crazy to me they said at one and a half, but I don't blame them because I think it could end early too. Both these guys make a lot of mistakes on the ground. They're both able to capitalize at times too. I know what you're saying about Elliot. Like, if you look at his, his uh, level competition, Cole, generally he's only lost to really good guys. But overall in the UFC, he's five and nine in the UFC. Mm-hmm. This is a guy you don't want to, you don't really don't want to pick, quite frankly, because he doesn't really win fights at this high level of the sport. I just don't know if Espinosa at that level yet. I'm really not sure. Um, to be fair, to Espinosa, you know, his losses, Cole, are to are to good fighters too. Schnell, Perez, Dvorak, those are not bad losses. By those are three top ten guys. So this is a very difficult fight, I believe. You know, Espinosa. My initial instinct here was to go with Elliot just based on pure wrestling and the James Vick effect, which, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's funny, but truthfully, I don't, I don't know if it's even, you know, a profitable thing at this point. We're just kind of joking around about it. But, you know, I, this guy's been with James Krause for years. It's not like he just get, got with James Krause, Cole. You can watch back a few years ago he's with him. So, yeah, I, I do think Elliot's probably improving. But at age 34, you know, I saw his Instagram. He's talking about how he had a really tough training camp, like, I don't know, Cole. I'm not sure. I have some questions about him in here. I, I think he's on the decline. I just don't know what to think about Espinosa because on the contender series, I gotta be honest, I like this fight for the contender series better. The fight with uh this guy Nick Urso, man, that was nasty. He was he basically hurt the guy and then grabbed his neck in a dark like right away in, in the beginning of the fight. It was sick. And then the fight with Riley Dutro, Cole, he knocked him out two seconds left in the third round. So he's got finishing ability, guys. He just has been quite disappointing in the UFC. This is a close fight. My my lean right now is slightly towards Espinosa, very slightly. If he can keep it fighting the feet, he can probably outstrike uh, Elliot or maybe tap him out on the ground. But this is a close fight, man. I don't think I want to have action on this one, guys. It's very difficult. Kai Kara Francis for Jerry Opertorin, Cole, another flight. We actually have three flyweight fights in a row. Awesome. Uh, right now, the odds for this one, Cole. France is minus 140, Torin plus 120. Thoughts? Yeah, interesting fight. I actually line this closer to a pick em. Like, I think it could go either way. I slightly lean Kai Kara France because I think it just stays a stand-up fight, and I think he's the more technical striker. Bonterran has the ability to kind of, like, uh, he obviously got the dog just off a win over Rulian Paiva. Kai Kara France while Paiva is pretty controversial, but Bonterran is last fight Ray Borg. He just kind of got taken down over and over again. Borg just grinded him out, but uh, and he hasn't fought since February of 20, uh, 2020, which is a long layoff. Like that is, we're, It's 13 months now. Obviously, Kaikara France submitted against Brandon Royval, lost him out. But that was a fight Kaikara France nearly knocked Brandon Royval out. Like He dropped him. I think he was a bit more patient. He probably could have got the stoppage, but went over Tyson Am. And then his other loss in the UFC is to Brandon Moreno, who fought for the belt. Like, he, he has looked okay in the UFC. He's still waiting for that first UFC finish. Like, all the hype coming into the UFC was this guy just is hit so hard at flyweight. He'll shut everyone's lights out, but he hasn't done that. But I don't think he's going to do that against Bonterra. And Bonterra has shown off a pretty good chin. I just think Kaiker France is the more technical striker and will be able to kind of outstrike Bonterra and probably win like a 29 28 decision. This one's tough too, man. This is a really tough fight to call because, again, you know, Bonterra is a guy who doesn't fight that often, Cole. 
watching his fights back, he's very impressive, man. He's very aggressive. He goes forward. He goes for takedowns. He goes for to, to strike with you. Um, the Paiva fight, he caught him with like a left hook, I think, and then cut his face open badly. That's his big win in the UFC right now. He just hasn't been that active. The biggest problem I saw was the last fight with Ray Borg. And I know it's a completely different fight because it's a grappling-based fight, but that was a grappling-based fight. But, you know, he just didn't look that good in that fight. It looked like he was kind of like declining. That was over a year ago now. So I really wonder what he's going to look like in this one. The guy's a good grappler. We saw that against Big Lada. He got some improved striking call, but I just – I do have some questions about him. France – um I got questions about him too. Quite frankly, Cole, I don't know if he really deserves it to be as ranked highly as he is because he doesn't really have any good wins. You know, even the fights that he won in the UFC, like the Garcia fight, um, Paiva, De La Rosa, even Nam, he had to really work for those fights, guys. Like, he hasn't finished anyone. He's a decision machine. Um, you know, the Royal fight and Moreno fight, the Moreno fight was super close, by the way, and that guy's like a legitimate contender. And that's kind of why I have to go with him here, Cole, because I feel like if you can hang with Moreno, and you know stuff his shots and keep the fight standing he should be able to do the same thing here but the fight with Royville does give me a little bit of pause Cole because if he gets into a firefight again he could get caught in, in the submission I saw an interview with him this week he said he's not going to make that mistake again he said he just got too excited in the last fight he said he's going to go back to his just to be a solid fighter in this one he's training with the great camp I got to go with France Cole very slightly in towards decision I don't know if I can bet this fight either though you know it's, it's a close one I would have to ha probably have like pure pick of money to even take a shot on it because I think Bontorin definitely can win this fight. If he gets it to the ground, he'll have a huge advantage. But in general, France has pretty good takedown defense. I think he'll be able to kind of um, stick and move and win decision. But Joseph Benavides versus Askar Askarov, Cole. Here we go. We got Benavides – or sorry, Askarov minus 120, Benavides plus 100. Thoughts? Interesting fight. I think this really comes down to is Joseph Benavides past his prime or did he just run through Jameson Figueroa and it was that much better? Like – I think that's why Askarov is a favorite because Benavidez coming off the two-fight losing streak to Figueredo obviously didn't look very good in either of them. Like that first one, a bit of controversy. Figueredo missed weight, the headbutt, and all that stuff. But the second fight, there was no question about it. Dropped him a couple times and just submitted him. The thing is, like, I do worry about his chin now because he got dropped, I think, what, probably six or seven times. You know what's crazy? They they listed as two knockdowns last fight at UFC Stats. I watched the fight. It was three I, knockdowns, 100%. Yeah. So they I have that been, wrong. I yeah. think he's been knocked down, what, four or five times yes. in the past two fights? Because I think yes. Figueroa knocked down in the first round as well. And then, the obviously, the knockout. But he's a guy that, other than Figueroa, look, look what he did. Beat UC Formiga, beat Dustin Ortiz, beat Alex Perez. He has the win over Henry Cejudo. Like, he's one of the best fights of all time. But I do think he's a bit past his prime. And I do think, like, those Figueroa fights have taken a toll on his chin. I think Askar Askarov is probably just going to outstrike Benavides. I don't really expect the fight hitting the ground because I think both of them kind of respect the other one's grappling that they know they could get caught on the ground because Benavides has been submitted before. We've seen Askar Askarov. Like, yeah, he hasn't lost, but he has that draw against Brandon Moreno. Moreno had some success there. But I think Askarov, like, this is a guy that rocked Tim Elliott, and Tim Elliott, like, basically put Tim Elliott out. Like, when I talked to Tim Elliott, he said he doesn't even remember that second and third round. Like, when the fight was over, he thought he got knocked out the first because yeah. Askarov hit him that bad. But I think Benavidez's yep. chin is gone a bit. Like, not totally gone, but I do think that Figueredo fight, it kind of took a toll on him. I'm going to pick Oscar Askarov by decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if Benavidez, uh, or Oscar Askarov finished him. Straight wager. Not hating Joe, but the way he lived his life is in the past now. I think he says he's going to help him bounce back. Uh, love Joe Benavidez. Honestly, probably one of the most underrated fighters of all time. Never won a <laughs> title, but great record in the UFC. I, I agree completely, Cole. I think at age 36, he's had his better days in the sport. This is one of those opportunities you get, Cole, to bet against an old declining fighter against a young guy who's improving every fight. Askarov's never lost. He's 28 years old. He's eight years younger in this fight. 
Um, he's a little bit taller, a little bit longer. To me, Cole, you know, Benavidez's chain has gone too. I agree completely. I know it's Figueredo that hurt him, guys. I get it. But I do think Askarov has a little bit of power. We saw against Kim Elliott. Really hurt Tim Elliott bad. Elliott's got a – like, he's like a zombie. He's very – it's almost impossible to knock out. I think if, if he hits Joe with that same shot, Cole, he's going to put him out. So I, I, I'm not saying it, it's a lock for a knockout here, guys, because it definitely could just win a decision. Um, but I, I do like Askarov. You know, Benavidez, I think if he's smart, Cole, he's going to have to take this fight to the ground and, and wrestle with this guy. Because Askarov does have some flaws in his grappling, guys. He can be taken down. We've seen that. Moreno kind of got on top of him a little bit. Um, a few other guys have. So that's the flaw in his game. But I just don't – I don't see Joe being that guy in this fight, Cole. To me, Joe is a striker these days. He likes to stand and trade. I think he's going to get caught. And don't get me wrong. Love the guy. Great career. It's just – this is what happens. Father time catches up to us all, Cole. It really does. Mm-hmm. And this is a bad spot for Joe. I got to be honest, Cole. Minus 120. I think he should be minus 200 in this fight. So there's value on Askarov, guys. Uh, had alcohol problems. I should. I think I've heard about that. I don't really know too much. I just know he's doing great these days. Obviously, he's got Megan, man. He's married to Megan Olivia. Dude, I think he's doing great, guys. Um, next up, Cole, we got. What's the next one here? My list is our order. Is it? It's Song and Phillips, right? Okay, yep. so right now we got. Um, this is a great fight too, man. Song and Dong minus one thirty-five. Phillips plus one fifteen. Thoughts? Interesting fight, like. It's a really close one. I think I'm surprised the odds are this close. I actually thought Song Yong would be a bigger favorite just because of the name and not many people know who Kyler Phillips is. I actually like Kyler Phillips in this fight though. Song Yong is a guy that I don't know. I'm just not sold on. Like I think he beat, I think Cody Saman beat him. I don't know how that was a draw. Marlon Vera fight very close, but he gets in these, a lot of these close fights. I think Car, uh, Kyler Phillips, like he's a guy you don't really want to be in these close fights with. Cause he just kind of brings it. He throws everything at you. Like his last fight, although he hasn't fought anyone that impressive, like, he still has a good, he has comes from a good camp, like Casey Kenny, um, Mario Batista, Sean O'Malley. Like those are the main guys he's working with. Like that's kind of the four of them working out in Arizona. I like Phillips. I think his striking is a bit better than Song Yong. I think this fight is going to stay standing. It's definitely a close fight. I would not be surprised if Song Yong won a fight, but I just think Phillips is a bit better striker, Can uh, has a bit more power, might be able to hurt Song Yong. It's probably the edge of a decision, but this is a really close fight. Great fight, man. This is seriously a great fight. I'm almost surprised they're matching it up because Phillips is only 25 and Song's 23. But I think this is this is the fight that's going to get Phillips in the top 15, I believe. I do like him here too, Cole, as an underdog. I think he actually could be favored in this fight. I'm glad he's an underdog, though, because I don't think enough people really know how good he is. He's really good. He's great everywhere. He's well-rounded. And, you know, I watched James's interview with him this week, and he talked about how he's taken the time in his career, Cole, to well-round himself. Like, he didn't want to just become – um, like a flashy striker. They call him the Matrix because he's got these flashy kicks and everything. But the guy's good everywhere. We saw the last fight with Cameron Elskull. Took him down, just beat the crap out of him. Um, you know, he did that in the regional scene. He's a good fight. He's improved too. You know, the one saw, the fight I saw that he lost, the split decision, he fought a really good fighter in that fight. And, and you know, he had cardio issues, but he's improved since then. So I liked everything I've seen out of Phillips, man. I think, I you know, they call this sport mixed martial arts, guys. I think he's the better mixed martial artist. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if the fight stays on the feet, Song can definitely catch. He's got power. We've seen that called Perez. He's knocked out Alejandro Perez, a few other guys. Um, but I question his cardio. I also thought he lost the Marlon Vera fight. <laughs> Rewatching that fight last night, Cole, they have my freaking tweet on the TV. I was like, I think Marlon Vera won this fight, guys. You thought he won too, right? That fight? Yeah. yeah. Terrible. So I think he actually – and the Cody Stamen fight, I think he won that, but there was a point deduction for an illegal knee. So it was a draw. But he gassed out a little bit against Stamen Cole in the third round here, t- there too. I think Phillips is the better gas tank, the better striking, the better ground game. Guys, I think that Phillips is the better fighter. So unless he gets caught, which could happen, 
I think he wins. I like Phillips. Straight wager says under two and a half. Um, yeah, it's interesting. What do you think, Cole? Under two and a half in this fight. You think there's a finish? Uh, it's definitely interesting. Sarinong is showing off a pretty good chin. Like, I don't really know. Like, I and then Phillips, I don't know if he'd get finished either. I probably lead decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if one got finished. That's an interesting prop, uh, straight wager. I mean, there's definitely a chance for a finish. I'd say it's more than a 50-50 chance. So, yeah, like there's probably some value there, but I don't know if I want to touch it. I just like Phillips in this fight, guys. So, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't made any bets yet. You'll see that at Elite wins later this week, but that's kind of what I, I'm kind of looking at, Cole, because from what I've seen, Phillips is a very good fighter, and mm -hmm. I just feel like people are, are ignoring him. This is interesting. Song training, alpha male. Yeah, for sure. If Phillips is with uh, the lab, great, great training partners there too. It's a great fight. All right. Three of them, two of them are on this card. Yeah, Mario Batista and the next guy here, Casey Kenny. Um, that's his also that's his other teammate, guys. So Casey Kenny here takes on Dominic Cruz. I love this fight too, Cole. This is easily a five-round headliner for a fight night, right? Like this is mm -hmm. a perfect headliner. Casey Kenny minus 130, Dom plus 110. What are your thoughts on this one, man? Interesting fight. I think Casey Kenny has the people might come crazy, but I think he has the perfect guy to work with in Sean O'Malley to prepare for Dominic Cruz just because O'Malley is such that weird like stance similar to Cruz where I think O'Malley can really kind of dictate what Cruz does pretty well. And Dominic Cruz, like this is a guy that I, every, so many people were picking on to beat Henry Soto and I didn't get why. And in that fight, I still see people looking like, oh, Cruz looked pretty good in that fight. I didn't think he looked good at all. I thought he looked slow. I thought his timing was off. And then obviously Cejudo caught him. I think Case Kenny is just going to beat up Dominic Cruz on the feet here. He is so fast. His body kicks are going to be a problem for Cruz. I think Kenny in the first round is basically just going to go after Cruz's body and legs and just kind of break him down. Like that's the whole thing. If you, that's what Cejudo had so much success with. If you kick Cruz's legs out, he can't do his movement. And then he just kind of stuck to be kind of picked apart. I think Kenny's just going to go after the body and legs in the first round. Cruz's movement's kind of going to be thrown off, and then Kenny just kind of picks him apart for the second and third round. Cruz does have a pretty good chin. I don't, and Kenny isn't really known as a finisher. I do like Case Kenny by decision, but I don't even think you have to go a prop. I think minus 130 is a very fair price to pay. I think he should be a higher favorite, to be honest. Yeah, I love this fight, guys. I really do. And, you know, watching both guys again, Casey Kenny's very, very fun to watch. We've seen the improvements this game. It's like really night and day. I mean, his improvements are really evident um, everywhere, especially in the striking, obviously. He... You know, and that's what Phillips had told James in their interview. He just said that Casey Kenny's always changing as a fighter. He's a different guy every time we see him. He, and he truly is cool. Um, he, we saw against Nathaniel Wood, he's able to stay in the pocket and trade for three rounds, go to high, crazy output. We saw against Hadley Altang the kicks, which are going to be a, the problem here, I think, for Cruz Cole. Um, Cruz did not check any of those kicks from Cejudo. It really limited his mobility. Here's the thing. Dominic Cruz made his career on being mobile, Cole, staying on the outside – Dodging and weaving, not getting hit. His, if you look at his stats, his stats are um, they're off the charts. But you got to remember these stats are from like ten years ago, guys. He's not the same guy. Cole, he's thirty five years old. He's mm -hmm. fought like once in five years. Watching this, Cole, he looked like a washed up fighter. And I hate to say it because I have a lot of respect for this guy. He looked washed up in that fight, and I think he can win this fight if he's smart and wrestles. That's the that's the way he wins this fight, Cole. He was always one of the best wrestlers. I just don't know if the explosion's there to get that double leg anymore. But if he does wrestle, I think he'll have success because Kenny, his takedown defense is not great, guys. Um, Manny Vermeers is able to control him. Ray Bohr controlled him. So he's got problems with the sub defense. But he is still so much better than the striking. He's so much younger, Cole. The volume, the activity, he's been so much more active. I can't pick Dominic Cruz. I can see why people will because just the value on having an all-time great <clears throat> underdog money against 
really, who the fuck is Casey Kenny when you think about it? Like, yeah. who really is Casey Kenny against Dominic Cruz? But it's just one of those spots, Cole, where you have to fade the legend. And I hate doing it because I love Dom, but this is a spot to fade, fade him. And, you know, I just wouldn't go crazy on it because as much as I do think Kenny's going to win this fight, Cole, I could see the old dog having an Alexis Davis type fight where he just uses his grappling and is smart against the younger, flashier striker and holds this guy to the ground. So it's kind of a tricky fight, but my lean is towards Kenny. That's my instinct. It's telling me he's going to hurt Cruz. Does he finish the fight? I don't know. Cruz is definitely durable, Cole. He did get killed by, by Cejudo, but you watch that fight. The way he got hit, Cejudo timed his knee so perfectly, like, and Cejudo's a different beast. So I'm kind of leaning towards a decision, Cole. What is the prop on that, by the way? Well, and while you look at that, I forgot to mention, I think this is the last time Dominic Cruz and Benavidez both fight. I, I I I said Benavidez earlier in the year. I think Marcel was on the podcast. We talked about like bold predictions. Him retiring was one of mine. So I think that's definitely possible. It's plus 160 for a decision. I'd rather just play it straight anyways. Because you know what? It's possible Cruz's chain is gone. I will say this though. You know, Cruz has fought better competition. He's been there with better guys. And I was thinking of John Anik talk about him a little bit. He said Dom's had a lot better sparring. He's going to be in better shape in this fight. But the thing is, Cole, we hear that every time he fights, Cole, I really don't see it. And you know, the Garbrandt fight too. He looked terrible in that fight. The Dillashaw fight he won, but I don't know if he even only won that fight, guys. To me, you know, he's had his better days, and it's a it's a fight to bet against the legend um, at, a, at a cheap price, basically, against the mm -hmm. prospect. And I do like Kenny, so it's something to consider, that's for sure. Battle fan. Kenny's hiding hope fight week not to cross path Megan Anderson. I was thinking about that. She's so much bigger than him. She could beat him up, I think. Battle fan. Cruiser's Kenny, and you're referee charge <laughs> about Keith Peterson. <laughs> Cole said, uh, O'Malley's part of Kenny. Yeah, I mean, he's parting with good guys. Cruz is, I think, still at uh, Alliance, if I'm not mistaken. We'll see. I mean, listen, Cruz is a legend, but I don't know, Cole. I, I just, I, he looked so bad against Cejudo. How could you pick this guy? I, I, don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't know why Cruz took this fight. I don't get if, it. Like, that's what I'm thinking, too. If like, you lose to Casey Kenny, like, what, if you beat Casey Kenny, yeah. my fans that are just casual fans will be like, okay, cool. If you lose Casey Kenny, like, people are going to rip him and be like, you lost to this guy. Like, I don't even know who he is. No, I agree. And that's that's why I'm thinking about this one. Maybe it's trickier than we're thinking because did he specifically handpick this guy as his opponent? Did he tell Sean Shelby? Because obviously he works for the UFC, dude. So I don't mm -hmm. think he'd want to have a horrible matchup for him. He must see a hole in Kenny's grappling. That's what I think. I think he can. He believes he can take Kenny down hold him down. But I just – I don't know, Cole. The guy's so much younger, faster, everything. Kenny is what Cruz was five years ago, but like almost evolved a little bit just with all the grappling. But the striking-wise – He's fun, man. He's a special guy. All right, cool. Uh, what is it? Rakic and Santos, cool? Let's get to the mm -hmm. big boys here. We got Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakic, guys. Great fight. Rakic minus 155, Santos plus 135. Your pick. I like Tiago Santos in this fight. I just don't think Rakic is as good as everyone thinks he is. Like, his wins, the guy gets hit a lot. Like, yep. Anthony Smith, okay, he beat Anthony Smith. That's a shell of himself. Lost to Volkan Uzmir. I thought he lost that fight. I know it's kind of controversial. He knocked a Jimmy Manoa. Who does it? Knock out Jimmy Manoa. And that Devin Clark fight, we were both there at UFC 231. Devin Clark almost knocked out Alexander Rackers like a minute into that fight. Devin Clark doesn't have much knockout power. <laughs> I think it's fair to say Devin Clark doesn't have knockout power. And he nearly knocked out Alexander Rackers in the first round. Rackage gets hit a lot. Even like, so Devin Clark was hitting him. Vulcan Uzmir hit him a lot. I think Tiago Santos has more power than both of them. I think if Santos lands, I think he could finish Rackage, but. I think Tiago Santos in a three-round fight is going to be a lot better. He's not going to gas out. Against Glover, he did kind of gas out, but he tried so hard to get that finish because it was his first fight back and over here. I think he just got overexcited. I think he's going to be a lot better this time. I think this fight just stays standing. I think Tiago Santos just kind of picks Bar Rackage for three rounds, wins a decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished him, though, because I do have question marks about Rackage's striking defense. 
I love this fight too. This is a great fight, man. Awesome matchup. Both guys like top of the line when it comes to like heavyweights. Start with Rakitcher. I definitely like what I see from this guy, Cole. He's definitely got some holes, no doubt about it. Getting dropped by Devin Clark is worrisome to say the least. I mean, that definitely worries me. I think his striking defense is not great. You know, he doesn't really check the low kicks and stuff too, which bothered me. Like that's how kind of Usner beat him. Close fight, but he kind of just kind of like you said out, outstruck him a little bit. But I think he's like become a smarter fighter since then. We saw against Anthony Smith. I I, I was fading him in that fight just because I thought you know he performed poorly against Vulcan Smith. I thought would have a bounce back, and he destroyed Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is a top ten guy, and he destroyed him, made it look easy. And the thing that I liked about in that fight, number one, the low kicks. The, ca- the kicks are just brutal. I mean, both guys have brutal kicks. I can see this becoming like a leg kicking contest at mm-hmm. some point too. Really fun to watch. I, I would love that. But, you know, I think his kicks are really nasty. And I think he has the better grappling. I can't trust Tiago's grappling, man. I had Glover in the last fight, guys. Glover's obviously a better fighter than Rakic. But it's just that the grappling is a big problem with Tiago Santos's game. Don't get me wrong. I love Santos. He beats most guys in this division. I would not be surprised at all if he won this fight because – He's obviously extremely strong. He's got huge power and got a ton of experience. But uh, he's a little bit of a glass cannon himself, Cole. He's been knocked out by guys like David Branch before, which worries me. Musasi knocked him out. Um, I think he could get possibly stopped in this fight too. Um, you know, I'm leaning towards an under in this fight, Cole, a little bit. I don't think it goes three rounds. It's possible if it does, Rakic will just be kind of holding him. But that's kind of what I'm leaning. My pick is going to be Rakic, guys, I believe. I think he's the more well-rounded mixed martial artist right now. I think, you know, with the grappling we saw against Smith, it might be, it could be a boring fight if he does that. And I don't blame him if he does that because why would you stay in training with Tiago? But, you know, it could be fun too. We'll see. It's going to be a good one. Straight Wager says, blowing up 185 or 37. Yeah, he's also eight years older, I think. So that's, that's a big age difference. It's not having his way to Rackage. Rackage is good. Um, they both have training together too at uh, American Top Team. That's going to be interesting too, Cole. Uh, Jamie Gailey, hey guys, how's it going? Hey, Jamie, what's going on, man? Glad you're here. We've got a couple fights left to talk about. When I lowball this card, Cole, when we have the staff picks on Saturday for Oddsbreaker, it's going to be crazy. Every yeah. fight will have a dissension, I guarantee you, because you don't really see crazy, like, I don't know, uh, odds on this fight except for one one fight on, on this card except for one fight. He's saying Cole, uh, Santos by decision. What's Rockets by decision? Because I feel like that would be more likely. I think, I think this fight goes the distance. I think so, eh? Yeah. yeah. Rockets by decision is plus 250. We'll see. I, you know, both guys have they're a glass cannon school. I could definitely see a knockout. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, you know what was a what was a great fight, Rocket or um, Santos Panama. Yeah, oh, and it was sorry. in Toronto. We were both there for that fight. Yeah. That was a great fight. Here's the thing, though. I actually didn't. I didn't see those fights live, right? Because I was in the back. I was with Sherlock at the time with James. All these guys. I, I was rewatching them now. Like the crowd was going. I I really missed the crowd. You know. You can say what you want about hearing the corners, dude. I'd rather hear the crowd going crazy for a knockout call, wouldn't you? Like, I really would. It makes the sport so much better. All right, guys. Drew Dober against Islam Makachev. The last non-title fight in the card. Um, right now, we have Drew Dober. He's a pretty big underdog here, Cole. Plus 275. Makachev. Minus 335. Just curious. Like, do you see a pass to victory for Drew? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I think Drew basically has to land that knockout punch. We've seen Islam get knocked out before. Drew Dober has a ton of power. Like, Knocked out uh, Nazar Hackbrass, knocked out Alexander Hernandez, knocked out Polo Reyes. Like this guy <clears throat> does have a lot of power. Is on Mokchev's grappling is a big difference. And the thing with Drew Dober, and I was talking to him, he basically said this is a shot at redemption because you look at Drew Dober's career when he fights a grappler, he struggles and gets submitted. I think the same thing happens here. I think Islam takes him down, submits him. And I was looking, yeah. Islam Mokchev by submission is plus four fifty. Wow. Yeah, that's that's something I'm looking at too, actually, guys. I think is like you look at Dober, the grappler, the last grapplers he's fought, Benil Dariush, OAM, 
and then Escudero, all Dover lost all three by submission. Yep. I think it's worth a stab. Like 450, I think, is a really good line for that because I think Islam just takes him down over and over again. And I would not be shocked if he ends up finding a choke. Islam doesn't get a whole lot of submissions. Like he isn't as known as finishing fights as like Habib because he's protege. Like you look at his career, he's mostly going the distance, but he did submit Cajun Johnson. He did uh the knockout over Gleason Tebow was still kind of crazy to me. He just one punch oh, him, but I think Islam, this is a fight where you can get a finish. I think the UFC is kind of trying to push him now that Habib's retired. And I think this is a fight where, where I wouldn't be surprised if he submits someone. I think plus 450, like, I'm going to have to take a small shot on it. Yeah, this is a, this is another good fight. I like the matchup. But there's no doubt Dober has one path to victory here, guys. It's basically land a left hand. It's basically land a huge left hand, a hook or something. You know, the one fight, it's interesting to note, and uh, Fight Matrix or uh, UFC Stats has the, or the stance wrong, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makachev is a southpaw. So when you're doing your research, if you hear, or now they fixed it. They fixed it. They saw my tweet. Hell yeah, baby. That's right. They saw my tweet and fixed it because they screwed up. He's a southpaw and they had him listed as an orthodox and people were like talking about how Dober's got that southpaw stance, but they're both southpaws. So it'll kind of play itself off. Although it's worth noting, Adriano Martins Cole is a southpaw. He knocked out uh, uh, Makachev. McIntyre basically left his chain in. He went in, and the guy caught him with like a giant overhand right. That's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens here. You know, watching McIntyre's improvements, everyone's talking about the ground game. There's no doubt about Cole. He's, his grappling is – he is like a beat. He's relentless with the takedown. He goes for it. He gets it. I think he'll get this fight to the ground. But, um, you know, the striking, I think, is an improvement too. I think he's looked much better in the striking, Cole. Um, so we'll see. But – I, I, I like him here. You know, it's possible he could get cocky and, and stand and trade with Dober and get caught, but I don't see it, Cole. You know, I look at this, like, the, the Darius fight, um, where D- Dober actually hurt Darius badly in that fight. And, uh, you know, he wasn't able to get the finish, um, and then he got submitted. I think the biggest problem with Dober is his sub-defense, Cole, and I think this could be a fight where he gets subbed. So I'm 100% with you. Sub-prop at plus 450 is definitely kind of something worth of playing, but... I got to go with Makachev, guys. You know, I really like Dober. I kind of wanted to – I wanted to take a shot on Cole, but I can't because he's got too many problems with his takedown defense and his his grappling in general. It's not great. If he keeps a stand, he can land that bomb. But other than that, he's got – Cole, he's got one – he's like Derek Lewis last week. He's got one path to victory. Can he do it? I don't know. We'll see. Sharp eyes right there. Dude, I was watching. I, I literally – I was like, am I seeing things? Like, dude, does the fight pass – is it like – is it in a mirror or something? Like, is it backwards? I was thinking, like, how could they screw this up? But they fixed it, so – I don't know who saw that tweet. I'm so glad you saw that, guys. Thank you so much. I like to have good information for people. You know what I mean, Cole? Like, because people were talking about other podcasts saying, like, he's an orthodox. And I'm thinking, that's not right. Okay. Yang and Sterling. We got three fights left, guys. We got 15 minutes. Let's get through them. Peter Yang, Algerine Sterling. Cole, it's essentially a pick em. It's a pick em fight, Cole. Who are you picking? I really like Peter Yang here. I think Peter Yang should be a, like, not a sizable one, like a minus 170 favorite. I think this is a great line. I think everyone just kind of thinks. Aldrin is just going to take him down and beat him up on the ground. Peter Yanis underrated takedown defense. You look at that rematch with uh, Magomed Magomedov. He was stuffing all his takedowns. We saw what he did in Bellator. We saw what he did in ACA. And the thing is that that split decision, I think Peter Yan won that fight. Like I think Yan really should be undefeated. He's looked impressive. Like Jimmy Rivera, like although he hasn't had, I agree with people saying like, especially what Sterling says, like he didn't have the hardest path to the title shot. But he did still beat Jimmy Rivera, John Dodson, Uriah Faber knocked him out. And then the Joe Zelda fight was just kind of a beat down the, the third, fourth, fifth round. 
I think Aljamain Sterling won't be able to get Peter Yan down. Then striking-wise, I think he had so much better strike where he's just going to pay apart Aljamain Sterling. And I actually think Peter Yan is going to finish Aljamain Sterling in the championship rounds. I think eventually Yan's going to, similar to what, not like as bad as Aldo, but just eventually like the damage just eventually wears. He's going to drop Sterling and just kind of TKO him. But I really like Peter Yan. And the way the money's moving, like Peter Yan might close as an underdog. Like, That's crazy. So much money has been coming on Aljamain Sterling. And I just think people are overlooking uh, Peter Yan's takedown defense. Everyone looks at that one Magomed Magomedov fight and they go, oh, look, Peter Yan was taken down so many times. They don't look at the rematch when he stuffed pretty much all the takedowns and just kind of picked Magomed apart on the feet. But I like Peter Yan in this fight. Yeah, I'm actually with you on this one, Cole. I, I lean towards Yan too. Don't get me wrong. Sterling's a great fighter. He's improved immensely everywhere. We saw against Pedro Munoz. He stayed very mobile and active from the outside, picked him apart, looked great in the striking we saw against Sanhagen how quickly he topped him out. I feel like everyone's looking at that Sanhagen fight and thinking, you know, if he can tap out Sanhagen in one minute, he's going to be able to do the same thing to Yan or something. But I don't see that happening. You know, if you watch Aljo's fights, it's not like he does – he's not really getting traditional double leg takedowns or single leg takedowns. Goal. He goes for the body lock in the clinch against these unorthodox takedowns where he gets your back like in a transition like he did to Sanhagen. Pierre Yan is extremely scrappy, Cole. He's really good at kind of getting out of these scrambles and, and, and staying mobile, staying on his feet. He does have a shorter reach by four inches, which could be a problem if this fight stays a range for Aljo with the kicking range. But I got to be honest, Cole, we saw, you know, Aljo take, or um, Yan take all those best kicks in the Aldo fight, and he he kept going forward. I don't think that Aljo and Sterling kicks harder than Aldo. So I don't know how much damage he's going to do with this kick compared to what Aldo did. And he kept coming forward, and you saw the boxing. And you saw that, here's the, here's the, here's the difference in the fight. It's a close fight, but you know what the difference is, Cole? The fight ending power of Peter Yan. He literally has like the most power in this division. Almost every fight he's had in the UFC has ended with him knocking someone out or knocking them down, even the decisions. I believe the knockout power comes up player call. We saw, you know, Sterling get caught against Marias. Um, I, I think Yan is a, a more powerful guy in some respects. Obviously, that was a knee. Yan's more of a boxer. I don't know if he finishes this fight, Cole. You know, the total set at I think three and a half rounds. It's kind of a tricky spot. But I do like Yan in this fight, guys. So that's my that's my lean. Um, I do believe he'll be able to kind of tail the grappling exchanges, and I just think he's the better striker. And I, I you know, mm-hmm. the, the reach does have a, a, an issue because if it does get kicking range, it, it could be a problem. But I just over everything I've seen, I can't bet against Peter Yan. I wouldn't pick him against anyone, Cole. And as much as I like Aljo, we have seen him lose in the UFC multiple times. We've never seen Peter Yan lose in the UFC, Cole. He's never even been close really to losing, except for possibly the Rivera fight where he was kind of getting picked apart a little bit. Maybe that's what people think happens here, Cole. But again, we saw that fight, Cole. What happened in the fight? He was getting picked apart and then landed that big knockdown. And that's what he's got. He's got the fight any power. So Peter Yan is my lean. Co-main event, Amanda Nunez against Megan Anderson. Amanda Nunez, massive favorite, minus 1160. Megan Anderson, plus 750. You give Anderson any chance at all in this fight. No, just to make this breakdown quick so we can yeah. spend more time on Jan Adesanya. I think Amanda Nunez is going to fight this fight very smart, doesn't want any part of Anderson's stand-up, just takes her down. And I think Amanda Nunes tops Megan Anderson out. I think this is going to look very similar to what Felicia Spencer Megan Anderson was. I don't think Megan Anderson's grappling has improved that much. Look who she fought since Felicia Spencer, Zara Farron, and Norma Dumont. Amanda Nunes will do the same thing to them. I think Amanda Nunes just goes out there, grapples Megan Anderson, and eventually taps her out. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with Cole. And, you know, there's something to be said about... Uh... Nunez inside the distance prop, or sorry, by sub, plus 185. It's not great value, guys, but it's certainly better than laying this huge minus 1165. You can't obviously lay the number, 
there's you're not going to bet that kind of there's i wouldn't even put in a parlay cole because no it's mma and listen megan anderson does have power she does she's knocked on a couple girls she's a big girl she's bigger than nunez taller longer the problem is she's very hittable she has terrible takedown defense holly home took her down so easily cole there's no doubt felicia spencer took her down so easily yeah she's beating norman dumont zero fan who are those people cole who even are they really when you think about it this is the, this is the goat. This is the goat, guys. Um, this is a man who is inside the distance. That's how you play this fight, guys. You know, it's minus three forty for inside the distance. Even that's not great value, Cole. But I don't see Megan Anderson going the five rounds. I don't think she has the cardio to. It's either going to be Nunez by TKO ground and pound gets on top, rains on punches from mount or something, or a submission. I do see her taking the fight to the ground. Why would you stand and trade with a long rangey striker? There's no point at all. I think she ducks down Cole and gets that double leg really quick or single leg and and gets a finish. Probably the first round call. I'm also looking at the under call. Under, I know it's one and a half rounds in a women's fight, guys. Cool. Megan's last four fights have gone under under the total. Many of it, uh, Nunez's fights have gone under the total. I'm kind of leaning towards the under. What do you? I know it's one and a half. But what do you think? Do you think it ends in the first round? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. If I think Nunez, like everyone talks about, Sterling needs one takedown. I don't think that's true. I think Nunez needs one takedown. Yeah. I think he takes it down once and finishes it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So maybe in the first round, guys, take a look at that uh tyler warner swamped with work today had to jump in put on record <laughs> i'm taking megan anderson that's okay dude you know what i'm glad we have my, my, my buddy split 40 bucks he put 20 bucks on anderson money line and 20 bucks by anderson by ko he's like it pays so much i can lose 40 bucks dude she does she has power she definitely does she's a big girl but like listen amanda's been in with jermaine duran and he's a better striker i just can't see her being stupid in this fight mm -hmm. she has so much on the line cole she has so much, you know, riding on this fight. I think she just fights smart, gets the first round sub. So that's what I'm looking at. I'll take a look at that sub prop, guys. But again, you know, I personally wouldn't want to lay this kind of huge number. I wouldn't even parlay or pull, even though I do think Nunez wins this fight probably 99% of the time. So there actually might be some value there, Cole, possibly even at that huge number. But I don't bet on those kind of massive numbers, guys. No, thank you. All right, finally, guys, we got about five, six minutes left here to break down Israel Asani and Jan Blahovitz. Right now we got Izzy minus two thirty, Jan plus one ninety. Izzy moving up to two hundred five pounds. Thoughts, Cole? Who's your pick in the main event of UFC two fifty nine? Give my guy Yan some respect. I've been backing this guy so much. He's always a two to one underdog, at, but unfortunately, you have to pick against him in this fight. I just think Adesanya striking is next level. I, hear me out though. I would not be shocked if Jan Blahovich, because Jan is going to be stronger. I think everyone. I think that's clear for everyone. I would not be surprised if Jan does what he did to Jacques Souza and just hold him up against the can, uh, against the cage, clinches, lands some knees, lands some elbows, and just makes it a boring, grinding fight and wins a decision that way. Or I wouldn't be surprised if he just lands up the the legendary Polish power and knocks out Asanya. We've seen Adesanya get knocked out in kickboxing; like his, he has been knocked out before. But I think Adesanya is just so much better striking wise. He's so like just technically sound. Where I think he's just gonna pick. Uh, yawn apart and i think in that third fourth round he's eventually the damage is going to wear on yawn he's going to get that tko win but i think the odds are too high on this fight though because i think yawn definitely has some paths to victory in this fight artsy says nunez could just overlook anderson and focusing on her family more in training for sure she looked good in, her, in the pictures on instagram but i mean that's just pictures we'll see in the fight alex says jan tko okay so all righty let's break this one down cole um I love this matchup. Both guys are incredible fighters. Izzy, I've picked, I have picked Izzy in all of his UFC fights, so I'm not even no picking his fights. Jan, Cole, I think I'm like 0-15. Like I, I can't pick his fights right. I looked at his career. He's been the underdog. He's had 15 fights in the UFC. 
How many times has been the underdog hole in the 50? Oh, I think it's like 12 or 13. 12 times. Yeah. 12 times plus Izzy. So 13 times. And he's won eight of those fights. He wins 75% of the time as an underdog. And we're not talking about two or three fights, we're talking about 12 fights. That's a decent sample size. He's so overlooked. I watched his fights. You guys were calling me crazy. I was picking Reyes. I know. I know. I know. You're right. Cole, Cole picked him against Reyes. I picked Reyes because I thought he beat Jones. I thought he could do the same thing to Yon. Uh, Yon is so underrated, guys. I got to be honest. Watching his fights, he's incredible, man. He's so well-rounded. And I keep asking myself this. It's The sport's not called striking. It's not called kickboxing. Because if it's just a straight kickboxing fight, I think Izzy could stay a range, kick him, beat him up jab him we saw against brad tavares that's kind of what he wanted to do i don't think it's going to work here guys there's a huge difference in finding a 205 a legitimate 205 pounder like yawn who could arguably fight at heavyweight possibly cool and someone like israel yes i know israel's long range he's amazing i love israel guys he's incredible but i think there's going to be a massive difference in strength and size here cool i it's something i want to see the weigh-ins at don't get me wrong guys i can see why everyone's picking out sonia He's got the range. He's he's a lot younger. He's undefeated. It's so hard to pick against these undefeated fighters. But Cole, everyone loses in the sport eventually. There's the only guy that's never lost really is, is Khabib. I'm not overlooking Izzy. I think he's amazing. I think this fight's a pick em fight. I'm gonna go with Jan. I'm taking Jan for the upset. Now, how does he win? A knockout's possible for sure. We saw Izzy get knocked out by Alex Perea in uh, in glory against a bigger man. Got knocked out. This is possible, but. Jan's, if you watch Jan's fights, he's actually a very patient, smart fighter, Cole. The only fight where he wasn't was against Tiago Santos, and he rushed in, got caught, and got KO'd. And since then, he's won four straight fights. I've I just been more impressed by Jan. It's crazy. I can't believe I'm saying that, but watching the fights back, Cole, I'm more impressed by Jan. And I just think there's such a difference in the power, Cole, at 205 compared to 185. We saw the kicks he landed. Look, look at Dom's body in that fight. His, his back had this massive wealth. And then he got caught with the punch. I think there's going to be a difference in power in this fight. Don't get me wrong. Izzy might win. I'm going to look like a dumbass next week. That's fine. But I'll tell you right now, underdogs are winning in a crazy clip right now, Cole. Everyone's counting out Yawn. When's Yawn most dangerous, Cole? It's when he's counted out. Give me Yawn. I think he gets the job done, man. I know it's crazy, guys. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's going to do it. I love this guy, man. He's he's the more well-rounded fighter. And I love him. Battle fans, you can't say Israel uh, losing. Yeah, I mean, look at the odds. Everyone kind of thinks the same thing, but everyone said thing about, you know, lots of fights. And to be honest with you, this is a great point. Izzy seems scared by Romero's power. Dude, he barely got by Romero. You know, I love Izzy. He looked great against Costa. He looked great against Whitaker. That fight with Romero, you know, that, that was a terrible performance. And, I, you know, a lot of his fights, Cole, he's very content to kind of stand and trade and just make it a sparring match. I just, you know, I, I don't think Jan's going to go in there and lie down and give up his title. People think he's just going to get picked apart and just get, you know, stay at the end of the dab for five rounds. I think Jan would actually rather go in there and die in the cage than lose his belt, Cole. To me, like, he's worked his whole life for this, and I don't see him being an easy fight for Izzy. I think this is a very – this is by far Israel's toughest fight in the UFC. I am 9-0 picking out of starting fights, and I'm going against them for the first time, taking Jan Blahovitz. That's it for this podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Cole, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. You're going to be back on um, next Tuesday for the last mm -hmm. your last show at, at 10 a.m. So again, um, 10 a.m. this week, 10 a.m. next week. The week after, we're going to go to 4 p.m., guys. 4 p.m. Eastern. So we'll do that. Um, let me get these comments, get these quickly. Tyler says Costa was too drunk to fight. We throw an asterisk on a win. I don't know. I mean, it's just an what excuse. A stupid excuse. Yeah, but you know what? Costa didn't look good in that fight. It wasn't his normal like Costa performance. He looked awful. I don't see Yon just going in there and doing that. Cool. I think he's going to make it a really hard fight. Like, 
The Souza fight's very good comparable. And then this last question, comment, Anderson, Prochaska, Naskin, love it. Uh, he said, move to light heavyweight, beat Bonner, moving from middleweight straight to leave light heavyweight. Dude, I agree. People are forgetting that. We'll talk about it a little bit more on Thursday, 10 a.m. 